0: From Edinburgh, Scotland, across the globe, you're listening to Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed, The People's Podcast, here to rock the podcast world.
1: to another edition to the Hattrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show. We are using Blab for the first time. I've got Hattrick on Blab. He's uh, basically, he's not a virgin anymore. He's, he's, uh, he's broken his duck. So he's now using Blab for the first time today and learning the new tool. Also, a lot of people have been using Periscope. Um, and we have, it's a fantastic tool, Blab, and it's genius. It's been very addictive. I uh, met some genius people, uh, a lot of people all over Blab and over Periscope, and I've got them lined up to get them on our show at some point. Um, so, Hugh, how's the thing been going down in the glory, the sunny duns? What's been happening?
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I've had a fantastic week or two. I am, I've been driving really nice cars, which has been fantastic fun, and none of which I needed to buy.
1: No, that's what was a bonus. So you, you need your, your criminal uh, activity of breaking into car garages is it's still ongoing that's amazing i no, no, i
0: just asked them if i can have a test drive but this was one they actually asked me they actually emailed me um, it. and it's a, it's a competition actually mm-hmm. um, one of the most exciting competitions i've ever ever heard uh, being done in the uk so for all the uk listeners and um, if you hear this before the 16th of august i strongly recommend that you get down to uh, an infinity garage near you There are only about nine in the country uh, but the one i went to was in glasgow um, and for anyone who likes Formula One, if you take a test drive in any Infinity car by, before the 16th of August, which is this Sunday, um, they will enter you into a competition uh, where you can win a chance to drive the Red Bull Formula One car from the V8 version from at least about two years ago. Um, and they will take you to Abu Dhabi to do so. Wow. Um, it's an incredible, incredible prize. Now, the way it works, after after Sunday, whenever they, everybody's had their drives, um, then 30 people will go through. Um, to um, the the first part of the competition, which is a two-day race day event at Rockingham. And at that point, uh, they will basically go through, you know, they're looking for what kind of skill you might have. um, And then from 30 people, it goes down to five. And then from five, it goes down to one. Um, So really just for that experience alone will be amazing. And there are rumours that none other than David Coulthard will be one of the tutors and one of the people on the panel saying who gets through. So just for the chance to go to that is amazing. I mean, it's worth hundreds of thousands of pounds because to have a chance, you know, all these racing drivers when they're in their mid-twenties, they you know can't wait for the day that you get into Formula One. Well, this is a chance where they'll actually train you because whoever wins the prize, they realise you can't just jump into one of these cars and drive it. So you're going to go over to Abu Dhabi, drive other cars as well to get you into the racing mindset. Um, and then eventually, when you're ready, they'll give you the Formula One car and say, off you go. It
1: could be... So could have a wee free trip to Abu Dhabi, not bad.
0: Not I might good. be doing a very excited bland trip from Abu Dhabi if that happens. I and that. I'll either be incredibly excited or very dead, you know, you because know, it, either it'll work really well or I'll crash horribly. So it's, uh, but uh, but it's going to be, it's the most incredible uh, not, not, ride. I've heard.
1: Not too late for a new career. <laughs> and, and really yeah, you
0: know, <laughs> well, mind you, the money's quite good, you know. You know <laughs>
1: So that's, uh, what else has been happening? There's a few things been happening in the news, you see, in the UK. Um, oh, yeah. I want to have a bit of a rant about something, a couple of things. I, for me, with being self-employed and me being uh, running my own cleaning business, I find that the amount of people who, who want to buy, who want things like, okay, expensive shops in the UK would be like Harvey Nichols or Marks and & Spencer's. And maybe uh, if there's, I'm not sure what expensive shops are in um in America, for example, uh, the people want expensive stuff, but they want to pay, for example, like Walmart or Aldi or little prices, uh, and expect the same service. And I thought I've had a reason to say that people that drive me these people kind of do my nothing these people phone you up, say, yeah, I need some cleaning done. Yes, I want it done as short notice, right? You come and give them a price. You tell them what you're going to do, and then you get paid. You drop the key off, and you say oh, everything okay? No, I'm not happy. Well. You want to get short notice. You want to do something short notice. You want to do something um, done. I told you what I was going to do. We did what we did. And you, you're expecting a, a gold standard service for the price of a crap service. So if I was, why are there people that really piss you off? People have got money who have got money coming out of their ass, who sit on loads of money, who, who skimp and scrounge for every penny and want a cheap ass service and think, hey, hang on a minute. If you want something lastminute.com or emergency plumber or anything, you've got to pay premium prices, doll. And if you don't like the cost, tough titties. I don't care. You get what you pay for. And if you're not willing to pay top-notch price, prices for a short notice job, don't 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 pick up the phone and phone companies to get jobs done. If you're not willing to pay for something short notice, especially if it's emergency, and that's what annoys me about people. People expect to buy fantastically expensive stuff like Harvey Nichols or uh, Harrods or, I don't know, exp- a really expensive shop in America um, or, and expect to pay the prices of, like, you buying Walmart or something.
0: I suppose all you can do is just let people know what the price is going to be at the start, isn't it? Because oh, right. as long as they know, then, well, they, you can't say they didn't know if you've know. told them. That,
1: uh, There's a story which I want you to... It's kind of a bit of an older story. I'll just talk about it in just a little bit. You know, people might have heard it or might not have heard it. So it was a Muslim boarding school rated good, good by Ofsted. Ofsted is obviously regulating, governing body or whatever in the UK, who are here to um, regulate the schools and make sure they are performing and they are teaching the right curriculum in the UK, and that's what they're for. So, and the recent this was a few weeks ago a story saying that a Muslim school, boarding school. Um, threatened to expel pupils from mixing with outsiders if they were to... That's yeah, So that if you mix with people outside, you're done, you're expelled, you're out.
0: Uh, oh yeah, I heard about that, yeah.
1: And we're looking at... Read the story here now, let's see, a Muslim boarding school was threatened to expel students from mixing with outsiders and have been rated good by... also So offstead have rated a school good. Now, here's the, here's the bad part, here's the, really the, the, the stupid part. So, you've got... But according to okay, his most recent report, the Education Watchdog praised the Institute of Islamic Education in Jewsbury. So this is Jewsbury, a part of a, a part in the UK which is nicknamed Islamic Islamic State of Jewsbury because basically it's been taken over by the uh, Muslims and things like that. So it's getting a bit nuts, and they're all um, making their own laws. And they, uh, hang on a minute, the last thing we checked, you're in the UK. If you want to make your own laws, get on a plane bugger off back to where you came from and set up your own little community there where you can do it and not try and do it here that's what i would say you know what i mean so and just to these are the to carry on with what i'm saying is that the but according to documents handed to parents seen by sky news pupils are for, forbidden from socializing with outsiders and face expulsion if they are if there's no improvement after cautioning the school also provided pupils and parents handbook, which contained a Sharia law section. Sharia law? Hang on a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> hey, listen, pal. We're in. We're in the UK. We're in the UK here. This is United. We have no business for Sharia law in the UK. You want to have Sharia law? Sharia law? Just get, get on a plane, pack up your bags, chock away. Here's your, give us your passports and take it elsewhere take it out of the UK, there's no business for this being in this country whatsoever. So they're saying that the put a, um, handbook which contains real law section warning that, ha- that having portable televisions or cameras is forbidden. The institute of house, uh, housed in Dewsbury, uh, the Markazi Mosque compound uh, Compound is run by the strict uh, tablique Jasmat sector, whatever that is. And the mosque elder uh, Shabir Dajiz told Sky News, the school works for unity, uh, works for unity, and it bans people from outside. What do you think about this, Hugh? What's your thoughts?
0: Well, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, you know, most reasonable people would think, you know, but the problem is it's been kept under the carpet. You know, people have been knowing this has been going on for a while, but the fact that Ofsted rates it is good it shows how out of touch they are, and the fact they are so scared to say anything bad about, you know, things that are, you know, anything that is um, not Christian. You know, they're ready to, to say oh, it's brilliant, and if it comes to a Christian school, they're ready to slate it because they'll threaten it's homophobic or anything, that's all they can possibly bring to it. They'll say, it. and I mean, it's, it's, it's droopy as anything, absolutely droopy.
1: Well, the carry on, This what the stories is she's saying is, in a statement, an officer said independent schools were not assessed on their teaching of British values when the school was last inspected. New tougher rules to combat extremism were introduced by Ofsted in April 2015, still so just recently. Oh, in uh, the wake of the Trojan horse scandal, where, where a group of hardline Muslims were alleged mm-hmm. to have plotted to take control of central uh, of certain Birmingham schools. Nice. Ofsted spoke, we said uh, we were last uh, asked to in, in inspect a school in 2011. By all mm-hmm. the law, by law, Ofsted can only inspect independent schools at the request of the Department of Education for Education. Inspectors check that they comply with Department for Education standards for independent schools. Um, British values were not part of the inspection framework. However, in April uh, 2014, Ofsted introduced a new, tougher inspection framework in response to more demanding independent school standards, which include an emphasis on fundamental British values. I think Ofsted, I mean, offside are just the typical. Just like Ofcom, they're, they, they're, they don't want to offend anybody. And if they go in saying, "Listen, you can't do this," they, they, these twats with these twits with an A uh, will happily kick up a stink and start saying, "Oh, you can't do this." And they'll, yeah, you're being like racist, and they'll probably bring in the race card. But it's not Muslim. Being a Muslim is not a new race; it's a religion. And they'll say and they'll start f- huffing and puffing. So they and they, can't, they won't go into it. because of oh diversity. You can't be can't stay uh, diverse and can't offend anybody. Sorry, uh, it's yeah. like you're having a laugh. What really? Excuse me. If you want to set up a school, they should be taught the same. I mean, there's Catholic schools, there's Christian schools, there's whatever. It's like you said, we'll set up a school and uh, we'll set up a school and say, okay, let's. We're not gonna. We're gonna ban you. Ban we're not going to talk, we're not allowed to talk to any Muslims. Usually we're banned. See, we're not, talking, you're not allowed to talk to any, any kid that comes in, you to talk to these people. So it's like they're doing the opposite and how every day they like it? So it's like, they're, they're, they're allowed to, and trying to impact this Sharia crap law, which is not even legal law in the UK. And they're trying to um, implant that into, into us. Which is like, it's like, what? And they're getting away with it because, so we don't, They want to diversity, we want to offend them. Sorry. Uh, I'll tell you, offend them I, I'll take i offend them with drive a tank up their ass and take them in, and escort them out of the damn country. Here's a plane, bye. <laughs> yeah. That would do it's well, r- I mean,
0: certainly if, you if know, you could certainly imagine it being the other way round that if it was a Christian school who suddenly said, Right, you weren't allowed to associate with anyone else from any other religion, um, or anyone out with the, the, the school, um, you know, that would be on the news straight away and it'd be banned and shut down in minutes, you know. So you kind of wonder. It's, you do wonder what what's you know. It's it's one way for one group, and then another way for everyone else. Um, and it does seem kind of crazy that they're able to get away with that.
1: It's absolutely frightening, uh, absolutely frightening to say the least. Um, so let's let's move on from that. Obviously, I think they should just. This is they should be teaching the British curriculum. If they don't like it, tough titties. To sorry, if you don't like it, you teach it. If you don't, you just simply shut the school down. I'm sorry, shut them down. Going, you get into normal, normal skills, mainstream skills, and going and learn, learning them. I mean, that's what, it shouldn't be allowed. Uh, it shouldn't be one rule for them and one rule for the rest. Uh, yeah. so it's like you're not. It's like the school that you, you used to go to, or, or uh, schools that be if, like saying, "Oh, we're going to teach our own, own, teaching and not abide by the law." They get, they get hammered. They get, would be on their, They'd be off. Uh, they'd be at, at their door and saying, "Sorry, you can't do that. You have to do this." They like get blind or something, or something will happen. But it's a Muslim school. They're going, oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, just carry on. You'll be fine. So we don't want to offend you. So having a laugh, a bunch of... Grow a backbone, I'll tell you. Enjoying
2: the show? Tell us about it. Send us your feedback, suggestions,
0: or thoughts to
2: hatrickandramsey at (laughs) gmail.com. So you're
1: going to talk about the end of the world. Uh, So when is the end of the world happening? Happening on... Damn! Man. Nah. Christmas. we so gutted, I'm oh, disappointed uh, as well. Just, I've just had my birth. I've just turned forty. It's coming into the world. What's well. wrong?
0: <laughs> no, for for those of us, um, or for those listening, uh, it's basically. Um, there's been a number of different people who have said, uh, not just pastors of American churches and. Uh, we said that basically the, the end of the world is going to be round about September the 13th. Uh, some are saying the 13th, others are saying is that, the 15th. It's a Friday. <laughs> but it was even on the BBC, I'm sure it was on the BBC webpage, um, and on, and of course on the Express and the Mail. Um, and uh, so, uh, so yeah, it made quite big, quite big headlines there. Um, and I thought that was quite interesting. But it's not just um, uh, those of, of uh, particular religions that are saying this. Um, we even had uh, some top entrepreneurs that are reckoning that there could be another stock market crash, really, from September onwards. Um, and uh, and also, um, it was the American, now is it the, is it the was it FEMA, the one that deals with the environment um, and, and kind of geography and things like that, um, they were assumingly saying that they reckon that um, the northwest of America is potentially open to an earthquake. Now, this has been said, I think, for quite a while, but they are now seemingly taking lots of kind of training days to prepare for a catastrophe. Um, and this has been on the news quite a bit, um, or certainly on the internet quite a bit. So it's, it seems like you know there's lots of things happening. Um, I've certainly heard in terms of more the evangelical church that not just it's the end of the world, it's more of the fact of um, there are uh, people have had lots of interesting visions and all sorts of stuff. So yeah, you kind of feel hmm, are things about to happen? Well, we won't know till September the 13th, but um, it's uh, it's it's certainly quite an interesting headline. Be interested to see what people think.
1: I'm just trying to find the news actually, find the story, but I can't seem to find it. Which is rather annoying. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping to see if I can see it and if I can get see what it is actually saying, but never mind. Um, obviously um, the, the joys of the news that Kim Kardashian has been uh, showing her, well, basically trying to break the internet again because she's pregnant and having a and showing selfie pictures of her naked. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> no. Up to the Kardashians, joy. Um, Lord Janner. Okay, we're going to talk about Lord Janner. Lord Janner. For those who don't know about Lord Janner, Lord Janner. Um.
0: He's appeared in court, isn't he? Yes, yeah.
1: he appeared in. Well, okay, allegedly appeared in court because I'm sure his lawyer would be uh, wangling his way out of getting him actually in court. Or Janner, who has had allegations against him regarding allegations of several twenty-two. I'll read this: off. former Labour peer, he's a lord in the British in the House of Lords in the UK. Uh, twenty-two charges of sexual abuse against boys and men. Uh, he was ordered last week to appear in court to answer the case against him. However, his lawyers claim the 87-year-old is too ill to appear in person. Now, this is a guy who who has been not been taken to court, wasn't taken to court before, is because he was seeing dementia. Now, yes, people do get dementia, and they go a bit, well, let's say they go a bit um, And But this man was able to sign over... Uh, his, the power of attorney of his house to his kids. He was able to go and to keep his job in the house, seat in the House of Lords, so he can collect his money. He's able to drive his car to and from the um, the Parliament car park. He was also able to do many things for somebody who's got dementia. Now, and it's taken this long, um, it's taken this long enough to actually finally get him in court after a decision was rever- reversed by um obviously Alison Saunders at first said no, that he wasn't going to, he was too old to go to court because of his dementia. Um, but she should be she's in like a six hundred thousand grand a year job and she' be should be fired and be singing scooby Doo, big issue. Um, the former this is really, the former labor peer, uh, Lord Janner could avoid attending court to face child sex abuse charges after his lawyer claimed it would breach his human rights. human rights. That's all down to bloody the EU. EU human rights. I'll tell you something. EU, if we did not we part of the EU, he would be in court in front of... Uh, sooner his feet wouldn't touch the ground in front of 12 good men and two, uh, and he'd, be, he'd get the book thrown at him. Totally. And, and abu- basically uh, to face child sex abuse charges after his lawyers claimed he would breach his human rights. The 87-year-old ex MP last week ordered a pure in court after 22 allegations of sexual abuse against nine boys... And then, between 1963 and 1988, a brief hearing at Westminster Magistrates Court uh, had been scheduled for this Friday. But Lord Janner's legal team, typical legal team, that will be getting them out. he will be be sitting at his home having cups of tea and coffee. um, And you'll just be loving it. Uh, But Lord Janner's legal team asked High Court to overturn the ruling that he must attend in person, insisting he is too ill and it would cause him considerable stress and harm. Uh, Hang on a minute let's considerable stress and harm let's talk about the allegations of the people who's actually potentially sexually abused and the the kids from in 1963 to 1988 so hang about the stress and harm that he's actually physically caused these people in sexual abuse hang on where's the fairness now oh sorry i've got dementia may affect my human rights hang on a minute what about these people who've been abused they've gone through years of torture uh of abuse from abuse it is uh, alleged abuse but if if it's found true i'll tell you something see the problem is the establishment is full and corrupt of abusers uh, and half of them are well for the ones that are still alive well, some have been put in jail some are dead because they've left it too late um and the, the bottom line is they're trying to get something done about this sooner rather than later um there was a I'm not actually watched the video it was a video in australia that was on regarding this uh, topic in more depth and actually named a few of the, uh, the, the ex-Labor the previous government and people who were involved in all this paedophile ring excuse me, in the UK government. Um, they talk about the former MP in Leicester West, who served 27 years in Parliament for 1970, denies any wrongdoing, and his family insists he is entirely innocent. Unless the High Court reverse the original decision, Jana will be required to attend court in person. I hope he blinking, but it does. Any excuse, excuses? is not well enough. Oh, that's a, I think it's a total farce. A warrant that could be issued for his arrest if he loses his appeal and fails to show up. Janner is not required to attend court today, but his barrister, Paul Ozen, said lawyers are challenging the decision uh, as unlawful in high court. Given his family will have to take steps, uh, which could it be co- would it cause Lord Janner considerable stress and harm, and he would say that. Uh, there's a violation of the Article 8 right because his own family are caused uh, the one onerous task of afflicting the, what they regard as the perhaps rightly unduly foreseeable and unnecessary harm to Lord January he said, but this way, if they got their finger if they were saying that he's innocent and they got him into court earlier before he maybe got a bit worse in his uh, uh, Alzheimer's disease his dementia they, instead of hum- humming and hawing and saying oh, if he's no, he's innocent. Uh, they should have got him in earlier. I mean,
0: what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before. I th- I think you know, he's, he's, I th- it looks to most people that he's done enough to be able to be in the position to attend court. But this is a very good lawyer that managed to come up with a, a plan to say that they didn't. But now that he's been told that you know that decision has been reversed, so he has to attend. He's going to have to do it. He's going to have to come in and face you know face the prosecution and and face trial. And uh, but uh, but yeah yeah no it's. Uh, it's going to be interesting, I'm sure. No doubt, it will be followed by all the media very strongly. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens and what will happen. But at the yeah. end of the day, if he does, he if, he, if, he, if he's found guilty of someone like that, I mean, he'll go to the jail for the rest of his life. I don't see him. I don't see him getting out because um, it's it's pretty serious allegation. This show is brought to you by edinburghdusters.com and ideasgoinglive.com.
1: And it, you talk about the end of the world, In more depth, or anything more, what's going on with the end of the world?
0: Well, just to the fact that this seven-year seven um, story, where um, basically it was every seven years there was like a disaster done if they didn't um, adhere to this um, Old Testament law, that you took every seven years there was a, a kind of, um, it was a year of rest, and it meant that debts were released, things like that, so yeah, it's just very interesting. Um, that uh, you know, that year was, of course, 9/11, the, the day of 9/11, the, the, the uh, twin tower attacks. That was mm-hmm. one of the days because it's similarly it's all done in a on a on the Jewish diary. I think I believe that um, that it's that's that's so it, it was that year. And then seven years to that day was the financial crash, uh, and similarly, I uh, think it was 2008, um, the day that the crash kind of uh, started. They um, you know they have a bell in the American stock market that they always ring to start off the market, and of course it didn't ring. They were all there waiting to, to ring the bell and the thing wouldn't work. So many saw this as a very ominous um, start and of course that day there was a huge crash. Um, and now a similar to September the 13th. It would be seven years to that day, and, and they're waiting to see because we're still something going on the same path. Um, that could well be the, the next day of disaster. Um, so it could be economic um, so it's, it's it's interesting because it's not just religion, you know, different religions that are maybe starting to come across this. But as I was saying earlier, some entrepreneurs have said they reckon there could well be a stock market crash in September or, or before, certainly before Christmas, um, because they reckon that the, so many governments are all in so much debt um, that basically they're just not. It's, it's going to come to a point where it's just going to crash. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, um, and you know, I, mean, uh, I certainly was wondering, because you know, they're saying that China, the Chinese market, is slowing down, and, of course, they own most of the debt to every other Western country. You know, it's all, all American debt, British debt, you know, it's all across the globe, European debt, um, and you kind of think, well, if their economy slows down enough and they have to start paying from their own money, they're going to say, well, we're going to have to call in some of these debts or put the rates up to make the money back. So you kind of wonder we're you know we're kind of owned by them in terms because the amount of debt that we have, um, you kind of think well what's going to happen there and and uh, if that happens it could certainly cause a major slowdown and you could see you could see the stock market going down dramatically if that was the case. I, I mean I'm no economic expert by any means, but it's just interesting that so many different. Groups
1: are now saying that something could well happen. I know. Let's, let's talk about the... Um, let's the stories. Well, let's talk, I'm going to talk about, about these ISIS bombers in oh, the yeah. UK ready to attack. Uh, this is on Sky News. This is the day. Uh, Islamic State is now focused on urging British, British would-be recruits to carry out lone wolf attacks in the UK instead of travelling to fight in Syria, Sky News has learned. Uh, Fictional characters created online by Sky with an undercover freelance journalist were sent terror guidebooks by senior jihadists in Syria, including advice on raising funds and making weapons. And we were told ISIS already has a number of potential bombers in the UK, some of whom have been trained in Syria and are ready to attack. By posting on Twitter... Um, and in the chat rooms, as two individuals committed to jihad, one male, one female, have gained a disturbing new insight into the extremist <clears throat> tactics. The chatter, uh, the chatter, uh, new sorry, the chatter never stops. Uh, sometimes within the million of millions of messages you uh, come across, sometimes that's shocks. Um, one jihadist has told us that <clears throat> this Saturday. Uh, VJ the com- uh, com- uh, VJ commemoration. Uh, uh, yeah. Commemoration involving the-, the royal family were mm-hmm. a target. So technically, this the, the this weekend could be mm-hmm. a problem. Uh, could could be a potential bomb going off? You never know. But what What's your thoughts on that? Have you seen it? Did you see this in the news? You? And
0: yes, I did. Yeah, I saw that on the internet on on BBC and Sky. It's very interesting because, you know, they have said that that the threat level has been high for a while. Um, So you kind of wonder what they're going to, you know, I imagine now that security is going to be incredibly. This show is brought to you by Edinburgh Dusters.com and
2: IdeasGoingLive.com. Enjoying the show?
0: Tell us about it.
2: Send us your feedback, suggestions, or thoughts to Hatrick and Ramsey at (laughs) gmail.com.
1: we can take a commercial break in that little bit we'll edit that big chunk out. I've got three viewers somebody's just come in. Anne Coulter. How are you doing Anne? Thank you for joining us. We're just doing a podcast and a bit of a break there because my phone went off. Uh, Is that Anne Coulter? uh, Anne Coulter, I'm not sure who that is.
0: If that's the same person that's a very famous American uh, um, kind of uh, speaker, very kind of uh, on the right side of politics uh, very famous. Uh, She's on Fox and I've
1: been interviewed by a number of people. If that's the same person, well, welcome. Go. We hope we're, uh, hope we're keeping should... you interested. Oh, now we've got two. <laughs> go. uh, Not no, sure we're going through photos. In my... I don't think it's that Ann It's. Uh, she's gone if uh, it
0: was. She's...
2: What's up? It's your boy Relevision, host of Five Mics Radio, Fridays at eleven thirty, live from New York. Shout out to the Hatrick and Ramsey podcast.
1: Uh, okay, guys, uh, welcome back. We're going I'm just gonna start saying welcome back to, from the commercial break. Uh, so we're going to carry on with talking about this situation with uh, ISIS. Could be uh, seven bombers in the UK. Uh, potential targets are the VG uh, com- commemorations with the Queen this Saturday, and there's a potential that there could be t- targets uh, happening uh, even in Glasgow in Scotland. Uh, so what's your thoughts here on regarding this story?
0: Well, yeah, I mean it's there's always going kind to of, terror threats aren't there? I mean, you know, how many times at one point remember there were tanks outside airports. Yeah.
1: Uh, so what were your thoughts on the story regarding ISIS and? Britain? Well, I
0: mean, it wasn't that long ago when they had tanks outside t because they were expecting, you know, some form of attack So yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, they've got so many people they have to follow and, and it's, you're just going to hope and uh, believe that they'll manage to, you know, track anyone down that could be um, dodgy and, uh, or, you know, could be up to something or planning something um but yeah it's, it's that's that's what we live in today so you know we kind of have to expect that these kind of things can happen but uh, yeah you just hope that everything will be peaceful and that any kind of plot will be foiled uh, before any damage can be done
1: reading a bit more in the story that um there's one of the one of them is uh, junaid Hussein, a 21 year old hacker turned jihadist from birmingham who to runs the isis isis information and recruitment arms for, from syria he has Identified by the U.S. Secret Service as a top five target for elimination by drone strike, I've been dressing. So take him out by a drone. said, I did. So take that guy out. Take him out, Don't take him out by a drone. Take him out by something a bit more powerful. And say, "In my I'm up your ass. You better run." that's <laughs> so, "Um, you could do something like that." Uh, so his wife, Sally Jones, a former punk from Chatham, Kent, uh, is also in Syria working alongside Hussein in Raqqa, but dealing with female IS supporting jihadists. I tell you so, uh, I think they need a nuclear bomb and take these people out. These guys are breeding more quicker than seagulls at the moment. Today, uh, it's absolutely crazy. The seagulls in the UK are breeding like blinking rabbits. Uh, and these ISIS I think there's like just quite themselves. a lot of them.
0: But it's because obviously they've all been radicalised yeah. recently, um, but uh, you know more than the last week. Cool. While it, it seems now that it's taken off, isn't it? And this is all, we hear about it all the time now because it's um, you know we're in different countries uh-huh. and, and all that stuff. Because there's there's uh, yeah, it's uh, there's so many kind of things happening across in Syria and and since of course there was the Libyan um, you know uh, crisis and that's still ongoing. Um, so it's it's really all happening. And I think the scary thing is it's just the. Um, the, the, in terms of the, um, the migrant crisis, because obviously the, the ISIS have said that they're going to send um, their own you know, their jihadists through with the migrants, so you really got to wonder, because you look at the many that are coming into Cali and other places as well, and thank goodness they could easily slip through the net. Um, but uh, it's oh. it's quite a you know it's it's so many things that can cover their tracks now. So tell us, you, uh, yes, we're gonna, our website's yeah, going to be exciting. Uh, it's going to be shirts. a good, powerful website with lots of interesting news and and uh, features on it. Obviously, you'll be able to get all the podcasts, uh, and we're also going to have a, a commercial point on it too, where you'll be able to see all our sponsors, um, and uh, you can even uh-huh. sponsor our show as well. There'll be opportunities to do that, um, and uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing our merchandise and that. Uh, see what we're going to yes. be able to supply the world and uh, who well, are we prepared to take our products um, of You've Survived, the Hatrick and Ramsey podcast. And,
1: uh, <laughs> exactly. You can, maybe get, you can get Mr. coffee, as one of our sponsors worldwide. Uh, he can be, people can uh, buy his coffee.
0: It. I do take coffee every, every so often, but I need like loads of milk and loads of sugar. The
1: car you were driving, and you were loaned by the garage uh, over the weekend.
0: What, yes, it was an, an feature- QX50 which is Infinity's version of a kind of Freelander um, type of vehicle, kind of f- small 4x4, um, but it's got a 3-litre turbo diesel engine. The one that I drove was actually cost uh, £36,000, um, and it was a GT Premium version, so it basically had every toy you can think of, um, from satellite navigation to reversing camera. It is brilliant, I have to admit. I had a good laugh with the camera because um, my wife was saying, oh, look, you can see behind you. And she kind of looked directly at the screen, and forgot that actually you do need to look behind you, and in your kind of three-quarter vision, because it's quite easy for people to turn up there, um, and you just to drive straight out in reverse. Um, but uh, but it was, it was it was actually quite a reasonable car. I mean, I have to say the engine was really powerful, and the economy wasn't bad too, and the, the ride was was uh, was pretty good, certainly on a on a smooth road. I mean, it did feel the bumps a little bit, but only if it was particularly potted. But I, I don't think it was any worse than any other car I've ever driven um because i was looking at some of the reviews that like people were like what car have given it and they give it like one star out of five and i thought that's pretty harsh um, and i thought the, the the car was much much better than
1: I during this podcast we were on blab we did have a few technical issues with trying to get mr givita on our show so i eventually caught up with him and interviewed individually so here is the interview mr givita davon G regarding his coffee and his life in chicago and how he was brought up, so please enjoy this interview. Okay, welcome to the interview with uh, the man himself, Devon Jay, uh, or should I say, Mister, known as Mr. Javita, uh, to his f- followers on Blab and Periscope as well. Uh, here to talk to Jay on the Hatrick and Ramsey Unleashed podcast show. Um, we are talking to uh, Davon, and we're going to talk about how how he got into his coffee as a business uh, selling it, and just about his general background in life in America and how he, where he grew up. So, Davon, where what was where did you? What's your background, and what's how long have you lived in America? Were you born in America, or what's where where you where are you from originally?
2: I am from the United States of America, from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I have lived in several places in Chicago, Illinois. Um, I originate from the south side, the south suburbs of Illinois, um, Robbins, Illinois. Um, grew up also in Indiana, Northwest Indiana, Gary, Indiana. Went to school. Um, went to school out in both areas. So basically, Indiana and Illinois was like home to me. So. Both areas are home to me. Okay. Um, got relatives basically across the entire world, and i I want to say all fifty states. <laughs> okay. Some I still haven't met, but in all basically all fifty states. Um, high school went to high school, did graduate class in two thousand five from Allen B Shepard.
1: What was uh, what was life like growing up for yourself? Was it a good was it a good life for you in America? Was it or was it were were you Were your parents, was it hard times or was it quite easy? Was it a good life? Were you part middle class or would you say what kind of class, what was life in general growing up for yourself as a child? Um,
2: Life for me was, it was, oh, I wouldn't say great, but I would say, okay, Um, I do have a older sister. Um, She's in her 30s right now with a great, wonderful family of hers. Um, so she's more focused on that. And I'm more focused on what I'm doing. Um, basically living by myself now. Um, parents passed away when I was, when i to say like, 12 or 13 years old Okay. Um, in the same year. So that was a very hard time during that time. Um, both parents left. He looked after you when your when your parents passed away? Um family.
1: Family. so, family. Just like,
2: uh, so uh, my mother has two um three other sisters and one brother. So basically they took the guardianship of taking care of uh, me and my sister because at the time we were still minors and anything like that happens if don't nobody else you know, kick in, you become the ward of the state and I don't think my family wanted that to happen. So they after that went to get a legal situation and we stayed with the family. So can you stay with the family and that was a that was a blessing right there to stay with the family and to
1: (laughs) to how old were your parents when they passed away? I mean, they must have they quite must be quite young, or were they were you a late child? If you not know I mean, so they were they older than, quite old. Um, around thir- I want to say either thirteen or twelve. So, so that was. That how, was at what age were your parents? How, how old were they? Were they in their forties or
2: fifties or? How- my stepfather was around in his fifties, to huh. say, and my mother was very young. She was only thirty-four
1: for what was the what was the cause of their death? What, if you don't mind me asking, um,
2: sickness. Both of them were sick. Okay, he was sick from something, and she was sick from something. I don't know the full details. I I do know, but I don't know the entire. Okay,
1: understandable. So understandable. Okay, so leading up to after being with the uh, obviously your school days and growing up. So what was your kind of. Uh, what kind of jobs did you do? what was your what, how, after
2: you left school what did you go to university to study or did you well no college degree. I tried to I tried um several times to do uh I wanted to get into advertising um do advertising for the jobs I was working for advertising for the jobs that I wanted to have and to do advertising. For the um, places I was working for, that didn't never fall to play. Um, just work, work, work until I got into um, network marketing, which is the company that I'm with right now. Um, once I got into that field, that opened my eyes up to a bigger a bigger field than anything else and it was like you know you can sell something and make a profit off of it you know i'm already putting 10 to 15 hours at a job why don't i try to work for myself Uh i mean that's good so is is, uh,
1: the coffee company that you're working with now is that pretty much your first main job that you've had
2: um second one second one so what was the previous job you had I'm um, working with American American Communication Network. Okay. So, how, so how, long, how long have you been doing the coffee job? Since When did
1: you start doing that? Um, I want to say around a um, couple of months ago. A couple of months ago, so it's fairly new. So tell us what is your, obviously with how you with starting just being in a new job, obviously you're technically in a sense
2: self-employed because you're a rep, I presume. Is that correct? Yes, yeah, so I'm I still I, I, I still work um still work in the restaurant industry uh-huh. and still work for a restaurant okay and still do the coffee. Um, but the coffee will be traded into my full time income. So once that takes off, then that will be my <laughs> my number one focus.
1: So what with the so what restaurant do you work in at the moment or what do you do in the restaurant business?
2: Um basically I need help. Basically clean up tables, wipe down tables, um, stop dishes, stop plates, stop silverware, make sure the place is looking clean.
1: Okay. So, what, so uh, how so how actually how old are you at the moment? Because 'Cause you're obviously you're
2: not that old, are you? You're still quite young. 29, and I will be 30 in November. 30 in November is so
1: the big three O. So looking at looking at your life, you're turning the big you'll be turning the big seal technically. Uh, how do you see your life going? Obviously, with having uh, with being a young age, with having both parents passing away, and having your uh, aunties and uncles or uh, looking after you. Uh, how, where do you see, obviously, when you start to hit 30, the next kind of 10 years up into 40 is kind of the crucial time you need to start thinking, How where do I see myself being in, say, 10 years' time or five years' time or what kind of goals do I have? Am I setting myself? So where do you see yourself or where do you think you might see yourself in two, three, four years' time? And what do you expect, what do you hope to be doing? Or do you think you're still, uh, I've developed the coffee more, or do you think I'll be doing something totally
2: different? Um, Next 10 years from now, having my family, having my own small family, living in a larger establishment, and basically have time and freedom to do what I want to do. Right now, I was with network marketing. I always was told that work in your 20s, work, work, work in your 20s, so by the time you hit your 40s and 50s, you not already set, you, you, you're already living the lifestyle you want to live. So I rather want to put in the work now and keep working everything. So once I reach 40 or 50 or 60 years old, everything is already set in stone. You know, my family is taken care of. I'm taken care of. You know, I can pay my bills, I can pay what I need to pay, and making sure that everyone around me is also blessed because I want to help others out. Mm-hmm. You know, my number one goal is to help others out. Um, I cannot help others if I can't help myself, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a statement that a good friend has told me um, coming up. Um, she She's a real good friend of mine, so I need to call and contact her soon. Um, but she made a good statement that it resonated with me. And have you ever been on a plane and flew before? Yes. And when the uh, flight attendant made the announcement, mm-hmm. and the announcement always go, um, in case of emergency, mercy, yeah. you must put your air mask on then help us. Yes. So in that statement right there, if I can't breathe, how can if I if I'm suffocating financially, how can I help someone else that's in the same boat? So I gotta help myself Mm -hmm. before I can help those that are around me. Yes. So I got to put on a mask first. And once I got my mask on and I'm breathing good, guarantee you, I'm gonna grab that mask for you. I'm gonna make sure you breathe good. Yeah. And then so on so on, where we all can breathe together.
1: Yeah.
2: So with, with,
1: uh, with your, so obviously with BLOB, it's, it's fairly new to the, uh, the worldly networking market, we should say. Uh, how do you how are you finding it as a useful business tool for yourself? Getting advertising the coffee, uh, just meeting people. How you develop, How do you find that you're developing yourself by using Blab?
2: I um, want to reach out more with this platform because this platform is a wonderful platform. I love it dearly. As you can, I, I I love it dearly about this platform. Um, to meet the new people to get to meet the team to have you know conversations with the CEO of the company and to get to meet the CEO just a minute ago, I had both of them in my room. it was like, I'm like, wow, and at this point it's like they're they're friends to me, you know. I was here when this pla well not here. Like the very first one, but I want to say at least the second or third wave of people who start coming in. And the platform was a little different than what it is now. You know, the platform was where you didn't have that much people coming in. And when the platform built, that's when a lot of people started coming in. And I want to be here to grow myself. As a business person, those who know me on the sidelines like, you know, can still have those type of fun times that we have before Black is about to take off like a rocket. And those who don't know me, I want to still present myself in the print way, but also create my business. Because number one goal, and 90% of the people that's coming in here, they want to sell something. They want to close the sale but you can't close a sale without someone knowing you. You can't close a cell without someone getting to know you. Yeah. And that's what every top person that's on this platform is saying, you know, be friendly, be, be, be nice, open yourself up to the public. You know, don't just come in here and thinking, oh, you just gonna close a cell. Be funny, be interacting. You know, that's why you see me when you see me pop in. I'm there just to have, you know, fill out the room, fill out the bag. I'm saying the topic. Sometimes I just pop in the room just to say hi.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't, I don't even see what, the, sometimes I don't, you know, know what the topic is about, but I just want to come in and just say hi to present myself in that friendly way so people can understand that this is, you know, I'm still here. And if you need my help, I'm going to help you. you no need the help, then that's fine. And then, But I still want to be there for this platform. And not only that, once I built that nest egg of friendship with people, nest egg, that's why most people see the logo, Mr. DeVita. But well, some people, when I come in a the room, they already can call me by my first name, which is Devon. Yeah. So when I come in the room, they'll be like, hey, Devon. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't already built that Friendship at that time with people here. Mm -hmm. And now going forward, I'm already growing a friendship with people. Now I'm about to even grow a bigger friendship where I don't want to, you know, I don't want to come in and just say, okay, here go my company, here go what I'm selling, buy it now, get this now, and that's it then people be like, you're just here to sell. You're not here to get to know the people. I want to get to know you before I close the sale. I want to get to know the person before I go in and say, okay, this is what I'm selling. This is what I'm doing. So you know, if you weren't doing this coffee business or the kind
1: of front, like almost like a franchise in a sense, um, what else would you think you'd be doing? What other, what other, kind of go- what other jobs would you do? Or the skills working, of just working. At working. Job. Huh? You mean you do any job, or do you have, would you set yourself something and start at the bottom somewhere and try and go to somewhere a bit higher, or I best, a, a kind of
2: a job is to gonna- I'll probably just be working in the restaurant industry, or probably go towards something that's bigger and better. Um, I'll probably go back to the other company that I was working with. Um, any, telecommunication business probably go back to that but network marketing isn't me i mean i i'm not leaving that field because that field i see growth it's just you have to grow with it you know it takes time with anything
1: so what, what, what would you say marketing is your key of skill that you have at the moment that you could actually develop into a Something better.
2: You said one answer?
1: Would you say that uh, networking is uh, your key skill at the moment? Is your sort of your strong point in your life? So by you by marketing is the probably the best career
2: move for you, basically. Yes, um, network marketing, um, marketing um, is the best thing. You know, do you, find, you, do you find that marketing it comes easy. Do you find
1: marketing comes easy to you?
2: Um, sometimes it do, and sometimes it don't. It's it's, it's hard sometimes, especially when you got people that. Um ninety percent of the people don't believe in the type of business that I do. Right, okay. You know, if you don't have a strong person that believes I believe in what I do. And that's what basically number one counts. Is I believe in what I do and I have to that have to show towards other people. And when it don't show, people people can reach you mm-hmm. and see people don't understand, some people don't understand that First impressions last the most. When you come into a room and you act goofy and act weird and act like you don't know what you're doing, that's going to stick into that person's head. It's always the first thing and the last thing you do. So when you come in a room, they remember. And when you leave out the room, they remember. So they see my name, Mr. Javita. They're going to see the name when I walk away. That then I was stuck in their head. So when they see me pop into another room and they don't know that my real name is in my Twitter handle, then they're going to only see that that's Mr. Javita. Yeah. That's what I want to stick in people's head. And when I realized I could change that, I'm like, now I want to bring myself right. to be that. Because there's nobody else that's on this platform that has done that, put their company, most people are doing it, but they're coming in thirds or fourths and fifths ways onto this platform. Yeah. When I realize, okay, I got this golden thing. I got this golden egg. I'm going to share this golden egg with everyone who I meet. So when I come in the room and you see that title, you know, that's what I want to stick out. So people start questioning, what is to be well, I' explain to you what is to be there that just opened a gateway for me to not only make a friend but to also build on what I have
1: so tell tell us uh, right, okay so you, you've obviously decided to join the uh, mr the Givita coffee company to help sell their products what attracted what attracted you to start to get into this thing get into the company? And what, I try, What, what was the selling point? What was the key point that said, right? I want to, I want to do that. So uh, when you're doing, obviously say it's been two or three months since you started. You're still, uh, you're still sort kind of still, kinda, still a, an infant. You're still new to the thing. So you're developing it. So, but what was the key, clinching moments that said, I'm going to do that?
2: Um, in my state, I will be. Sorry. Okay. Me. In my state, I am will be the only, there's people that's doing it, but it's not known in my state. It's not right. where it's not that known but who, in the state.
1: Who, who, who introduced you to Mr. Javita, the, the, who, who introduced you to the Javita coffee? Who told you about it? How did you hear about it? What made you uh, say, well,
2: okay, that's interesting, because obviously some... Um, A good friend that I met through social media. Okay. And when I met this, when I met this person was through Instagram. At all places, Instagram to meet someone. Um, I connected with that person through Instagram, mm-hmm. and stayed in touch with them. And they're from California. Sure. And after that, I decided to jump nose, no nose, nose right in. <laughs> okay. So, how, are you getting? So, okay,
1: so now you're, you're, you've jumped in. You two or three months down the line, how you, how's your sales? How's your development of it? What's your kind of how, how's thing? How's business going so far? Slow, slow. So how how do you want to make that quicker? How do you aim to get yourself out there? How do you make it? How do you want to get? How are you to get more sales? Talk,
2: talk, yeah, talk. You. Talk, talk, Did you know? talk to everyone i can meet talk to everyone i'm around talk to everyone that comes around me talk 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 talk
1: have you ever thought of doing, okay you're trying to sell the coffee range and you get people to buy it now have you ever thought of doing a a shopping mall or a place that you can stand with a Free samples of coffee, so people walking by can actually taste the coffee, uh, and, tell, and you can talk talk to them about it while they're tasting it. It's in the different flavors or the different things that you can do, you get with Javita G- G- coffee, uh, and, and maybe that might be a better clinching point because you can. Sometimes you can talk to people about stuff, but unless your offering is a sample, they can it, like in, for example, Costco, in uh, a majority of Costco's, when you walk around, these little samples of different products. Different foods, so sample products, and you can say that's really nice. I might buy that, uh, so it means you're getting a taste of what is actually on offer or what's in the shop. Now, for example, people want to try what if they've never heard of gibita coffee, they're going to say, Well, what does it taste like? I mean, you can talk to me till you're blue in the face about it, but I want to know what it tastes like because that's the key factor tasting coffee, and people have got different, a different palette, a taste palette. So you want to, um, so technically you want to um, get people to taste the coffee. So maybe you need to start, find an area or maybe um, find a, a place that you can actually set, maybe offer free samples of coffee and you can taste it in a cup to help build, because people taste something, they're going to say, that's really nice. I want to have that coffee in my in my kitchen cupboard um, so I can make myself a Javita coffee instead of using the stuff I usually buy to actually convince them to change brand of coffee. So that you get so because you can tell people, but maybe you actually you have to get out there and actually say, "Here, have a sample of coffee. This is what it tastes like." A little cups, like express, a little, a little espresso cups, for example, and you, you're offering that as a free sample of coffee. You know?
2: Oh yeah, I oh, yeah, and I'm definitely have samples I have did a sample taste testing on blab where several people that I had um to send me their information and I have did a live blab taste testing
1: okay cool that's good that's interesting that's good
2: so you have also working on my second one in a couple of weeks um I just had two people um send me their information and i'm going to send them their samples and this morning so i'm going to try to start the second one the um second interview with them another blind black taste testing
1: have you here's another, another option that you could try for example um is is there any local local supermarkets when I say supermarkets small small shops the convenient like convenience stores small, like
2: a, you like, mean small small moms and pop stores
1: uh, or anything like a kind of 711 or something it's you can maybe a local store that you can maybe say could i is an opportunity to sell this coffee in your shop uh, any sales that you get you can take say five or ten percent of the the sale there uh, so okay whatever it co- what does it cost to buy your average pack of coffee if you're buying
2: it um the cheaper brand probably if you're talking about real cheap cheap, probably maybe seven eight if you're talking about high spent coffee you're talking about 10 to 20 dollars
1: how, how much do you, how, how much
2: do you get how, how much do you get for that money Almost what you showed last time, probably that size.
1: But right, okay, I see what you mean. So you can, it varies. So maybe there's a way of you could try and strike up a business relationship with somebody within your area, and by doing that, you could offer some. If, if I could sell my this coffee in your shop, you take for every sale, uh, you get that you. I get this is the main profit, but you get 10% or something because you're using their facilities to sell the coffee. So you're getting more people, you're getting out there quicker and faster, and you're striking up deals with local businesses, and you're having meetings with the owners to help uh, make, widen your, get people well-known, the Juvita coffee range. So there's a few options for you to get yourself out there because you can only do this for so long um, blab about coffee, but you also need to, this is, you yeah, know, this is, it's not technically the world, but you look, You got to look at your local area as well and get the coffee, because you want to be walking past local cafes in local areas and actually see people selling your coffee and actually drinking your coffee in cafes while they're having maybe a morning breakfast in a nice cafe, or maybe they're having lunch or a nice evening meal, but they're drinking Javita coffee, if you see what I mean. So this is the kind of thing you maybe need to do uh, is get out there more, so you can actually exp- actually speed up your sales process. Rapid, rapid, rapid growth. Yeah, rapid growth. But you know yourself, you know how to sell the coffee. Well, you know what's, but you know yourself. You started this on this, but maybe you should try and get out there as well and try and get in that to expand what you want to do. Okay, let's let's, let's do yourself sort of scenario sake. If the coffee thing wasn't working for you you've obviously said you'd go back into the restaurant business for maybe marketing or maybe do you have any other general skills maybe if something else was to happen in your life or you do say you said well, well marketing is not happening at the moment the restaurant business is not happening at the moment what else would i if I, I'm, you're sitting there what else would i do
2: um what else i would do is i would definitely do- Sales is what I love, so anything with sales, I would definitely keep myself into. Um, If it's not that, it will be definitely in probably another great company than it would be network marketing, Ram. Okay. Um, but find the right one. That fits, you know, jumping, company company, sometimes. Would you yeah. not be better? Would you not be better to set up your own business and
1: something, maybe marketing? Set up, you know, marketing business or set up your own cleaning business or something, or go and set up a business and you're the boss. You're not actually joining a company.
2: And actually, I have several relatives that has actually done that. That I need to. Getting in touch with that have a cleaning business, a cleaning service business going on right now. I yeah. need to get in touch with them. Like,
1: um, oh, yeah, hey. Because I'll tell you something, cleaning, uh, okay, from my experience, I do a cleaning business, and I have started doing cleaning. I have, um, as a quick money earner, you do get money more instantly, and it's you just need to offer a good quality cleaning service. Uh, it's certainly nothing wrong with going to clean and it's actually it's some good money. You can get some good money for cleaning, and it's instant. So there's options there for you. Bob, it's always good to have a think about what you want to do, but at least you, you've, you've sampled a little bit. Of the, you've told us a little bit about the coffee, Mr. The, the Obviously, the, I keep calling it Mr. Gevita, but it's just Juvita coffee. But um, you, you've, sam- you've told us a bit about it. You've told us a bit about your life. So so I'm guessing your plan is, is to try and get yourself in a stable place so you can maybe get a wife and have a family.
2: Ah yes, ah yes. Um, to to definitely have me a small, lovely family growing and have a small family growing and making yeah. life good and better. Okay.
1: Well, listen, thank you. I want to say thank you to uh, Devon J, or a.k.a. Mr. Javita, uh, the coffee man. Uh, for, uh, is, is Chicago where you're living in the moment? Yeah. I just forgot. Is Chicago you're in at the moment? Yes, Chicago you're staying in the moment. Yes.
2: Yes, Chicago, uh, Illinois.
1: Yes. Sorry, this is a bit of a, a blank spot. So just to say a quick thank you to Mr. Jevita, AKA Devon, or vice versa, uh, from Chicago, Illinois, uh, interview on the Hatchet Ramsey on this podcast show, on using Blab, the new social media tool that everyone's using for business. Uh, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed um, the interview so thank you for attending our interview uh, on our show and uh, we look forward to more about your coffee uh, in the future on Blab so thank you for joining us
2: thank you oh, thank you What's up? it's your boy Relavision, host of Five Mics Radio, Fridays at 11.30, live from New York. Shout out to the Hattrick and Ramsey podcast. So you're, telling, you're telling about the car,
0: right? Yes, okay. the recap from about five minutes ago. Um, it was the Infinity QX50, uh, which is a kind of small 4x4 uh, from Infinity, uh, which is the kind of uh, top-end uh, mark of Nissan. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, when Toyota has Lexus, uh, and uh, Nissan has Infinity, and they're, they're very popular in America and in Japan. And now they've come across to the UK. They've, been, they've actually been in the UK for a number of years, but it's still quite, they don't sell a huge number of cars, but uh, with the new Q50, that's um, That's done quite. That's, that's, they moved a few units of that and they've got a new Q30, which is a kind of hatchback, uh, which is going to be built in Sunderland. Um, so, and it's looking like things are, are picking up for them quite well, um, but they're quite interesting. They're, they're kind of quite American in their design. Um, you know, it's lots of equipment, uh, very high-quality cabin, you know, very reliable. Um, and the, the, the kind of the looks are quite different, they're quite kind of curvy. Um, and uh, so maybe kind of not what we're used to in the UK, although the new Q50, I have to say, is lovely um, and drives really well, and they've got hybrids and, and diesels and just about the whole kind of lot you can expect. But um, lots of new cars to come as well. So this one was great. I didn't uh, enough 250 miles in it. Um, it was very comfortable, it had a lovely uh, sunroof, and it was, it was it was a nice car. It's going to be a little bit cramped, and that was the, the only thing. It was maybe a wee bit small for what I would need. Um, but uh, but it was fast, my goodness, that it could, it could overtake really well um, and give you far more power than a lot of the kind of modern turbo diesels that you get just now. The, the only issue they have with it is the emissions, I think, are quite high, and that's where um, it's costing them a bit in sales. But they've got a new engine coming for it, I think, quite soon, and potentially a, a replacement. Uh, Quite soon as well, so that's going to be interesting to see what that is like. But it was a nice car, and I think at the right price, um, lots of good lease deals and things like that, um, it would actually be a very good car. Um, And I I certainly think it's been overly overly criticised. I think it's a lot better than what the motoring journalists have given it so far. What
1: was the fuel? Well, I was getting into
0: the forties, which is not that bad. Because I mean, I did a lot of stop-start traffic kind of driving in Glasgow on Friday. Um, and then when I, and had a, a decent long run coming back over the motorway, uh, back down to the borders, and, and it was quite reasonable. I, I put about £35 worth of fuel in it, and that was for 250 miles. But, you know, for an off-roader, that's not too bad, and certainly for a real mix of driving, it's not, it's not horrendous by any means. And it, it was nice to drive, I have <laughs> mm-hmm. to say, there was no body roll. My goodness, it went round the corners really well. I mean, it was dry most of the time when I was driving it, but it gave you quite a lot of confidence, and it had a lovely leather wheel that felt quite sporty you know and um you could really get into the thrill of it and uh, you know, make your passengers quite ter- you know quite quite scared which is always a good thing uh, hanging on
1: would you ever consider, would you ever consider buying um,
0: one i think it'd have to be a little bit cheaper for me to to um to buy one and um, but on the right lease deal i think oh, it, i mean yeah. and there's always deals about on them as well so i never really out um but you know it's, it's i also like the fact i'm driving something that's a bit different you know you don't see that many on the road and it's quite a nice design. The, the big car, the, the, the QX70, which is now they've stopped making, but there's still a few available, and they're going to make a, a replacement for that. that. That's a very distinctive design um, and really quite a cool-looking thing. It's it's quite a, a nice car. and Again, amazing prices on them, some cracking deals. Um, so, yeah, if you want something a wee bit different, um, then it's certainly worth worth a
1: punch. No, so what was the what was the general space like in the car? What was it? It like wasn't. For that, room,
0: room yes. um, interior space wasn't its strongest point. Yeah. It was a it was a wee bit cramped. Um, but other than that, I mean, if it's only really a small family or a couple, then it's fine. The boot was reasonable. It had a, an amazing stereo system, I have to say, um, and it's got every kind of luxury that that you could think of. And they're going to be built to last, so I think reliability should be pretty good. The um, only thing I would say is that be you know. Those kind of cars tend to depreciate because there's not always an awful lot of what a buyers coming to, to, to buy them second hand. So if you do buy one, um you might be prepared for some fairly jaw dropping depreciation. Um that when you come come in trade in time when they suddenly realise that maybe your car is not worth what you thought it was. Um but then that can be the same case. I mean, you know, you can pay twenty five thousand pounds for a one deal. In fact there are some that are even more expensive than that and those things lose half the value in a year. So it, you know, it can be pretty horrendous. You know, you pay twenty-five grand for it, and a year later it's worth like fifteen or less. So, um, you know, it can be pretty shocking. Obviously, most people hang on to them for longer than a year, but um, yeah, be prepared. It's a little bit risky. I would say, if it was more money, I'd probably go for a lease um, or a personal contract purchase, where at least you're kind of guaranteed a set value, so you know what you're paying. And if it, if that's acceptable, yeah, no, it's it's a good car. The Crew fifty is interesting if you like something that's very distinctive and very different. Um, then it's definitely worth uh, it's, uh, it's it's worth uh, you know uh, having a look at one. And I, I think the new the new Q30 as well is going to come out. And um, that's going to be a really good car. Um, but there's so many things that have just, uh, been launched in the last week. While There's is going to be well, it's a new Mazda MX5, but there's a much more kind of kind of I would say a nicer looking car coming out, which is the, the Fiat 124 Spider, um, which is based on the new Mazda MX5. And that's going to be due out I think pretty soon, maybe in the next six months to a year. Um, and that's, it's going to be fun, you are know, going to have a nice Fiat Roadster um, to drive around in, potentially. So that's going to be, that's going to be a fun car. Um, Fiat's planning lots of interesting models. But then it was a kind of quite a funny uh, story from Fiat, um, because they own Chrysler in America. They bought Chrysler during the crash. Um, really, quite, maybe, hopefully, a wise investment for them. Um, this they're doing quite well now, but, they, you know, they're all talking about these driverless cars. So you're able to jump in a car and, you know, press auto drive or whatever, and it will take you to your destination. You don't even need to touch the pedals or turn the wheel. Well, some hackers in America uh, managed to hack into the Fiat Jeep um, uh, program and, and system structure, and they were able to take over these um, cars that they had well, on They you know, had right. on test, and they could slow them down, they could turn them off, or, you know, they could take them wherever. So potentially you could be hijacked in a Fiat. Um, if you you know, if you were going in there and you were too lazy to drive the car yourself or you had that system available, um and some hacker got in and took over and, and basically hijacked you to to another destination. Um but uh, so yeah, it was quite it was quite interesting. Uh, I think only Fiat only Fiat Cheap could come up with that kind of flaw in their system. Uh, you know, they always thought, Oh, we don't need security or, or it's not enough. Um and they've been they've been basically openly hacked. Um and they you know there goes your driving, you just see you know the car. It'll be subject to whoever's whoever's in charge of the computer at the end of it.
1: So the reason you can ever gonna hack the hack hack the car computer while you're driving. It's crazy. Yeah.
0: Um, and quite dangerous. You just better hope that nobody famous or, or kind of orthoped ever, ever ever gets one of those or you know, is, is uh, decides to be the test mule because then they'll just be easily kidnapped. And, uh, you know, the car's driving off to Syria, you know, <laughs> and the sat-nav's going to be, you know, it's like, we'll take exactly. a straight there, you know? No, it's like, uh, the car. Kind take
1: of the straight the, the, you know? All the doors, you know, they could
0: do everything. They could similarly do everything. They could, they could have all sorts of control over the car, so, you know. Well, doing,
1: you drive in destination Syria, and once you get there, this car would explode and take out yeah, some... If you're
0: in Doncaster, and you see a kind of Fiat Jeep, <laughs> kind of mini-cab. I would strongly suggest wait for the next one. You know, you know, you know, like, you know if you don't pay, you never know where
1: it might take you. And, uh, exactly. uh, what I was going kind of, to come back to it, was just kind of, sort of subsided a bit in the news. It's not much, at the moment, it's slightly, like, a couple of weeks ago, obviously we had the problem at Cali. I don't know how much was anything that's improved or still the same. At the it's moment.
0: got a wee bit quiet, isn't it? It's has got
1: quiet in the news. The situation is obviously all these migrants in France are trying to, basically Uh, trying to get through the channel tunnel trying to get the back of lorries there's been queues of lorries it seems to have gone quiet um and i would simply say why are they not having why the french not doing more to protect this happening the border of france for people getting into the 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 channel tunnel or the some people have been actually what, I think it's, what, 20, how many miles? 20-odd miles or something. The, yeah, and some made it
0: through. and some
1: of them made it through, a long, made it through but there's an alarm going off and they got, they got arrested. So of them are getting through the tunnel. Should they not be doing more to stop this happening? Uh, it's like they just don't seem to be Well, they care. built a new fence. <laughs> that was
0: their answer, they built a new
1: fence.
0: Yeah. Um, well,
1: <laughs> let's build a, fence, a new fence. Uh, yeah. Why don't we just... Why don't they get... the? Some ex-British Army people.
0: Well, they thought they'd have to take in the military at one point just to kind of stop them because they were, they were they were threatening. I'm sure there was a there was a UKIP MEP that went there to see what it was like for himself, and and he was threatened by some of the so-called refugees, um, the migrants trying to get through. With I don't know if it was with a knife or something, but um, it's it's fairly ropey now. You know, it's it's well, uh, you be
1: getting the you get the fellow ex-Gurkhas, in the, from the UK to the front line in there uh, in France and saying stop three options stop stop and or shoot shoot so if you don't stop or somebody just say stop when a shoot and dead that's what they should be having. These guys you want
0: to, thing, you want to volunteer the Garkros for everything. I know there has been a, a major yeah. well, uh, to send them into
1: you know. well the, the people who come back from war they don't have much there's a job for you a job for them. staying them uh, the front line protecting our borders or do something because it's getting absolutely out of control. And no, the, nobody's, the French are about as useful as a chocolate fire guard at the moment. Uh, they couldn't, couldn't predict uh, I don't know, I like, don't know what they could protect, they couldn't protect much, let you know, alone uh, the, 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 the channel tunnel into the France border going into Britain. Yeah.
0: But well, I, that, worried. I know that's quite a big step to take to bring in the military, certainly, because that's, you know, France would probably not be really take to that rather well. If it's Going to do it, but I mean, certainly they need to. They need to sort it out because it's. um I think the idea that we know. Well, there's, if the refugees as well, they're supposed to claim asylum in the country that they land in or that they take. You know that they're. Um, however, they arrive. That's how it's supposed to happen. So.
1: Remember the story re- regarding the lion situation. Cecil the lion being shot. By the... Oh yes,
0: yes, aye.
1: Now, on a, on a rant about this guy. Now, this guy obviously thirty-five grand or nearly fifty-five thousand dollars. Uh, for this guy Cecil for the guy at the end is to go and take on a, a hunt they didn't know he a illegal. now if I had a half a brain uh, I'd be checking and making sure it is legal before I went on the hunt. Now mm-hmm. there was a, a total uproar regarding this situation regarding this lion. Now maybe if I was uh, now this lion is obviously a, a quite a well-known lion in Zimbabwe uh, in Africa and but I think these Muppets he go out trophy killing. And they wonder why, and these people want, and there's one wonder why extreme animal extremist groups wondering why you're against zoos and things like that, and wonder why half the animals are in zoos, and they get muppets like that doing killing uh, species that are almost protected because they're going to be extinct soon, um, and they don't realise what I mean. Hang on a minute, they've got half a brain. They're going to end, there'll be no animals to kill. Go and kill a fox, go and kill a rabbit. These things breed like uh, so a lot. Go and kill something else but a lion, really. I would say, stick this guy in a cage of lions and say, open wide, you dentist, and uh, see what happens. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, I mean, here, 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 stick you in a cage. Open wide. Uh, so and you're going to get taken out by a couple of lions. But putting it in perspective, what I did see on Facebook, the whole world is in an uproar over a lion. Yes, we are a bit of... Uh, fet- Ashamed that these people who are going at trophy killing, especially not just lions, but uh, there's lepers, there's, uh, uh, tigers, they're killing rhinos. Rhinos are dying out. There's going to be extinct. There's only one, a, a certain lion, rhino left in the wild that's been under armed guard. So going to be, the poachers don't want to kill it. They're starting, they're starting to dye the elephants uh, tusks with a, a dye of pink so poachers can't kill them because it, it stops them from getting their, their ivory. But uh, also, one thing, story in America, which we was to talk about, said that even, I think you liked the page, even our friend Steve that shared it, about the, that even though the world is in uproar regarding this lion, that the ex-military in the USA, people who are committing, several of these ex-army people are, because of nothing to do, are committing suicide. And people, yeah. and the government is doing absolutely nothing about it. People yeah, yeah. It for the
0: country. There's a big thing just now, the vets are being treated really badly in America. Exactly. It's quite a quite a major issue in that, because they're what, cutting it all back. Yeah, what I don't understand is... They don't, want to yeah.
1: t- they don't want to touch it at all. Like what I don't understand, why are they so desperate to recruit people for the army? But as soon as they leave, they just couldn't give a flying toss about them. Yeah, yeah. And say, right, oh, thanks for serving our country. when you go in the
0: sky. Sc- well, you know, they made such a big fuss about the Iranian deal... Yeah, you know, the, the nuclear deal that a lot of people think is really dodgy. I mean, certainly Israel thinks it's really dodgy, and most of the Republicans think it's pretty dodgy. Um, and uh, But, you know, but then when it actually comes to dealing with their own veterans, they just don't care.
1: We'll call it a day. We'll wrap up this podcast. It's been great. Uh, we first experience on blab. Uh, how have you found it so far?
0: That's dope. No, at uh, hatchergetramsey at gmail.com.
1: Uh, well, let us know. Let's see, how have you found the, uh, the, the, using Blabamine? I mean. found... well, oh, for me, hi, it's
0: been good. I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. You know, um, as we encourage more people to come on the show, we'll yeah. be able to interview them live, which is great, and we can see them and but... hear them and, and uh, hopefully hear them. Um, at, uh, but, yeah, so, no, I, th- I think it's going to be good, but we'll have to put the shirt and tie on. We're going to have to make ourselves look more professional. If they're kind of come on and join us live, then we better... I can't have the kitchen cupboards in the background. I have to make sure that, they, that it looks an awful lot better. I'll have to build a studio in my shed. Or, again, some, an old office desk and uh, put it in my shed so it looks a bit more reasonable.
1: No, don't have to worry about a shirt and ties, you're just the view. <laughs> it's fine. Um, but anyway, that's good. It's, uh, but it's, it's a great show, and this is our first podcast on Blab. We'll do a bit of editing, and we'll probably we'll put the video, I'll send you the video as well. Uh, so, this is good, it's been good fun. So, we're going to wrap up the Hatcher and Ramsey this podcast, the first one on Blab. Uh, this is for huge first time using Blab, and uh, the next time is to teach use Periscope as well. Uh, and yes, yeah, so we thank you for listening. It was a bit of a random chat, off the cuff. Gives me a wanted to see how this works and see how well it works, uh, and take it from there. So yeah, it was, we need to get podcasting. It's been a bit, uh, been a bit slack. We've been busy recently. So, um, but cool. That's what we will do.
0: Excellent. We look forward to doing another one um, in the next week or so, and uh, we'll speak to you all later.